Brought to you by PrayLatin.com, makers of prayer cards featuring complete English phonetic renderings of Latin pronunciations. Francis is, once again, making headlines for all the wrong reasons. And if he wasn't doing what the secular world wanted him to be doing right now, he'd be getting, at, he'd be getting screeched at by them for doing things like this, which is the wearing of attire culturally really only appropriate to the local traditional culture's warriors. And I know it's for the local warriors what he's adopting because that's what some traditional Catholics with that ancestry who are part of those groups have been complaining about and getting completely ignored on social media for. I know because I saw these complaints online. I'd show you them, but out of respect to the individuals, I won't use their testimony without their permission. And normally, the secular powers that shouldn't be would be yelling about this, but they're not because he's doing exactly what they want, accepting the official lie pushed by the secular authorities in Canada. I'm going to stick to that. I fully believe that what we're seeing right now is a tragic lie unfolding. And in so doing, in accepting these things, he is providing many Canadians with an excuse to leave the faith, which is a colossal error on anyone's part who does that. Do not do that. Don't fall for this. But amidst this, is Francis engaging in a pack of mama ceremony with the locals. And the amazing thing is that neither have pictures of it made their way online at the time of the production of this episode, nor has there been a lot of reporting on the implications of it. So let's go over Francis's latest apology toward nonsense and the implications of him engaging in a pack of mama exorcism. America Magazine, acting like the good Jesuit rag that they are, published the full text of Francis's apology. I covered the story initially when it broke over on the audio-only side of things. If you're not aware, you can get Return to Tradition also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, places like that. And I will occasionally put things that just are a little too much for YouTube over there instead of here. And I'll repeat here what I said back then. This would have been when the first story first month broke many months ago. The story fell apart upon examination. Independent investigators found the charges laid at the feet of the Catholic Church were flimsy. Yes, the most vulnerable tragically perished there. We are talking about a time period in history when the most young were the most vulnerable to natural ailments of all kinds with no remedies available. That was not an uncommon thing. But the conditions of these institutions were created by the government of Canada, not by the Catholic Church. And the accusations of large-scale, what they'll call them burial sites, were just that. They were fabrications. Yet this isn't stopping Francis from engaging in and validating the attacks on the faith and on the church that we've seen these past several months since that story broke. Why is he doing that? Because he is closely allied with the secular forces bent on starting all of civilization over again by the end of the decade. And they need the Catholic Church to be fully entrenched in what emerges next, not because they love the faith, but because they need it to validate their program. Let's talk about Francis's speech. He apologized for things the church isn't responsible for, but there's a subtle and insidious thing he is doing in this trip. See if you catch it in his apology excerpt that I'll quote in a moment. He begins by recounting a visit he had with an indigenous woman from Canada in the Vatican some months ago. They left him with some moccasins, which are traditional indigenous footwear. They belonged to the young and were symbolic of the events that captured the world's attention. Events that had actually been debunked in, in as much as the church wasn't the one responsible for it. But pay attention carefully to what Francis says next. Believe it or not, he begins by talking about the importance of sacred tradition. Yeah, quote, To remember, brothers and sisters, you have lived on these lands for thousands of years, followed ways of life that respect the earth which you received as a legacy from past generations, and are keeping for those yet to come. 
They have treated it as a gift of the Creator to be shared with others and to be cherished in harmony with all that exists, in profound fellowship with all living beings. In this way, you have learned to foster a sense of family and community, to build solid bonds between generations, honoring your elders and caring for your little ones, treasury of sound customs and teachings, centered on concern for others, truthfulness, courage, and respect, humility, honesty, and practical wisdom. Yet if those are the first steps taken in these lands, the, the path of remembrance leads us sadly to those that followed. The place where we are gathered renews within me the deep sense of pain and remorse that I have felt in these past months. I think back on the tragic situations that so many of you, your families, and your communities have known, of what you shared with me about the suffering you endured in the residential schools. These are traumas that are some, in some way reawakened whenever the subject comes up. I realize, too, that for our meeting today can bring back old memories and hurts that many of you may feel uncomfortable, even as I speak. Yet it is to remember because forgetfulness leads to indifference and, has, as has been said, quote, the opposite of love is not hatred, it's indifference. The opposite of life is not death, it's indifference, end quote. Citation to Eli Weissel. To remember the devastating experiences that took place in the residential schools hurts, angers, causes pain, and yet is necessary, end quote. Francis ends on a quote from Eli Weissel, who has written a number of books about his own experience during, hmm, we'll say the events of the 1930s and 40s in Germany and Poland. Francis is either ineptly or purposefully comparing what happened at those schools to what happened in the 30s and 40s, and it's either ineptitude or to make such a comparison, or it's absolute wickedness. I'll let you decide which one it is, but it's a grotesque comparison, one that almost certainly has the cultural elites prancing with joy, because not only is Francis accepting the guilt of something done by the state, he's comparing it to the greatest evil of the last century, according to conventional wisdom. Think about the implications of that. Take all the time you need. Hence why Frank Walker Cannon 212 ran this headline to, in his link to the story. Sorry joke, Pope Francis completes indigenous baby moccasin stunt. In the face of evil, the Catholic Church, we pray to the Lord of goodness, the God of my new church. Or evil new church. End quote from Frank Walker. The man's an artist with his headlines, by the way. But it's accurate. Francis is comparing the spotless bride of Christ and making to evil events of his, in history and essentially denying that the spotless bride of Christ is, in fact, spotless, which is a heresy. To be sure, the practice of taking the most vulnerable from their families and forcing them to attend those schools was wicked, but it was government policy. And yet the church is taking the brunt of the blame. If any organization could have mitigated the evil by doing this work, it would have been the Catholic Church, the only institution on earth capable of keeping the practice from falling into depravity. But the church is taking the blame for state policy. Think about it. And Francis is playing along with it while simultaneously engaged in work to make the Catholic Church more amenable to the secular world and its anti-culture. But that may not be the worst of what was planned from the get-go of his trip. By the time you see or hear this episode of Return to Tradition, Francis will have gone ahead with his plan to participate in a pre-exorcism, right, in a pre-Christian exorcism that locals still practice called a smudge ceremony. It's a ceremony type that strangely shows up in pre-Christian societies the world over. And whenever you see something like that, you should take note, because there's often something diabolical about that. It's kind of like how veneration of Moloch under various names was also common to various pre-Christian places, many continents apart from each other. Here, LifeSide is chalking the ceremony up to him participating in a superstitious activity, for the most part, of the local Canadians. But I'll explain why that's being too nice to Francis. Headline from LifeSite News. 
Pope Francis's planned smudging ceremony in Canada is a formal act of superstition. The rituals com- as commonly practiced includes the religious burning of smoke and prayers offered to the deities of nature, such as Mother Earth, or in another language, Pacamama. According to the article, this act is a cleansing ceremony meant to dispel evil spirits from local places. It's not a Catholic practice. We have our own. It's called an exorcism. You might have heard of it. And according to virtually every exorcist who's ever existed, the Pope is the most powerful exorcist on the planet by country mile. If Francis is actually the Pope, which seems to be something people debate hotly, then he could perform an exorcism on the place and get any exorcist in the world he wanted to to assist him if he felt exorcising the former school was necessary. Instead, he's going to engage in a Pacamama ritual instead. It's worth noting that many people left the church over his Pacamama debacle, just like they did at the site of a previous pope doing similar things at the now infamous Assisi prayer meetings way back in 1986. From the article, quote, According to Crooks Now, Bouvet claims that the ceremony will show a sensitivity on the part of the pope to local traditions. Acknowledging that the rituals proposed stand outside of any particular Catholic expression of faith, he nonetheless argues that they are certainly not contrary to it. For indigenous Catholics, Bouvet said, to see the Holy Father welcome to some place like Sacred Heart Church by having smudged the space first or facing the four directions to offer his blessing, as simple as those gestures may seem, clearly demonstrates a sensitivity on his part to their traditions, which, though outside of any particular Catholic expression of faith, are certainly not contrary to it. Bouvet went on to explain that the smudge that is being proposed at Sacred Heart holds a twofold purpose. One, to show recognition of the ritual in an observable public way. And two, as a ritual of purification in the space itself, as a gesture of making the space more hospitable to welcome the Holy Father as he arrives. The priest further revealed the religious nature of the ceremony by comparing it to the Catholic use of sacramentals. In a Catholic context, he said, we could see the ritual of smudging as being akin to the use of certain of our sacramentals are born for personal spiritual purposes, such as the wearing of the scapular or anointing with the oil of St. Joseph's Oratory. Personal purification or the purification of the space where the smudge is happening are the exclusive purposes of the ritual. End quote. The article continues and points out that this is a classic ceremony within those theologies that adore nature in a literal sense, like those that adore the Pachydemon. And Francis is participating in this. As you can see, I'm not that concerned with sensitivity. Many of us see the woes inflicted on the world that seem to manifest in late 2019 and which continue into our day three years later as the fruit born from the Francis's diabolical consecration and enthronement of the packet demon in the Vatican Gardens in October 2019. And that in so engaging in this ceremony, he's doing more of the same. It's not only evil, he's playing with fire that may have untold consequences. The LifeSite article goes into a lot of detail from scholarly sources about the purpose and origins of such practices, and they clearly are not compatible with the Catholic faith. But by the time you're seeing this, Francis has already participated. I'm making this after the fact, and the media really hasn't talked about it all that much, which is odd. They just showed us ridiculous pictures of him wearing their garb and genuflecting to the lie told by the secular authorities about the church's role in all of this, which is providing reason to people to leave the church. Like I said at the start, don't do that. Don't leave the church. The church is the spotless bride of Christ. Earthly men have committed sins in her name, to be sure, but when the secular powers that shouldn't be are involved, do anything, they say, with skepticism. Extreme skepticism, especially given other things that they're doing right now. Just ask the local local farmers what's going on in Canada. The one part of this that few are talking about, though, is something else, and it's a troubling sign. In the past, whenever popes would travel, the faithful would come in large crowds to see him, even for sorrowful occasions that mark tragedies such as the journey Francis is on now. 
Not in this case. Thousands came to see him. You may think that's a large number of people, that it's a good sign. But here's the problem. Tens or hundreds of thousands have come to see him previously as they did with his predecessors or any visit they would do. But now, a fraction of that. What's the cause? His immense unpopularity with the most fervent of Catholics? External things like restrictions on travel going on up there right now? Perhaps. Or perhaps a growing suspicion that there's something rotten going on in the Vatican, a growing realization that nothing is as it seems with this alleged pontificate. That's my perspective on all this. I've caught flack for saying this on Facebook, giving a lot of angry people at me because I reject the secular narrative about this event, and that I dare to say that the secular authorities are placing the blame for their mistakes and their wicked sins at the feet of the church, or their predecessors in public office at any rate. When even secular investigators debunk most, if not all, of the accusations being made. But it's not enough, because Francis endorsed it. He never heard a secular narrative promoted by his friends who are trying to remake the world under the image and likeness of their father below that he didn't like. And again, I covered this in ex- you know extensively back when this story first broke over on Spotify. You go search the Spotify archives, you'll find the episode. And it was debunked, which is why this is just so mind-boggling that he's engaging this until you realize that there's something larger going on. But I'm curious what you think about all this, so let me know in the comments. Please like and subscribe if you haven't. It does help. And share these messages on social media. That helps a lot as well. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.